morning, friends. We're happy to be here this morning in the tabernacle again in the name of the Lord Jesus to minister to his people through the written word and through prayer for the sick. We're just a little late myself to, to appear and so happy to be here and see this beautiful day and all you people out to serve the Lord. I'm, aren't you happy you've got enough strength to be in the church this morning? See, there's many people who couldn't come. You get on the phone up there at home through the run of a day and just listen to people tell them, say, well, uh, a Sunday morning we pray for the sick down at the tabernacle, the people who come in, while wow, they haven't moved for years. Just think, and you are able to be here today. What a blessed thing it is to be able to be out. You know, there was an old saying I read once that I complained about having no shoes until I've seen a man who had no feet. So that's it. If you look around, there's always someone who's worse off than you. So that's... But to think this morning above all things that we have a loving Savior who loves us and cares for us and know that this great, tremendous task that we're going through and the times and strains that we are is just the negative part of this journey and it's someday we're going to receive a body that'll never be sick or never be old. And we'll never have to separate from each other. We'll always be together. I like fellowship. Everyone, I believe, especially Christians, love fellowship. And to think of our wonderful fellowship, and then someday we're going to be together to never have to leave. Just never have to leave. Never have to worry whether the children are going to get hurt or nothing. It'll, there won't be no such a thing. It'll just Amen. Be, Never had to worry about where our meals are coming from. They're always prepared and ready for us. And just, isn't that wonderful? And that great age is to come. And that's why we have churches and, and the Holy Spirit is here today, uh, uh, wooing people to the heart of God to prepare them for that time. It's those who make their decision now for that side is the ones who will enjoy those blessings eternally. And I trust that if there's anyone here today that has never made that type of decision to serve the Lord Jesus, that this will be the day that when you will do it. And from today on, you'll join with this great host of believers and march on towards the victory. Someday it'll be over. Brother Fleeman, I believe there's a, a, a bench right here. If you'd like to take that now, maybe you could um, set it. Here's a one chair here. We... Our tabernacle is so small here, we don't have uh, adequate room for people, but yet all from Friday nights on, we usually try to bring in and um, bring them to um, where we can uh, pray for them here at the tabernacle on on Sunday morning. And um, the world, we've certainly got a sick world, a lot of people, sickness, trouble, distress. But, as we say, there's one time where it won't be no more. Won't it be wonderful when we never pray for the sick no more? Never pray for a sinner? It's all over? All vanished away in the great forgottens of the age, and then we'll live with him. Now, 
We know that it's a little bit congested in here, and we, we wish we could make you more comfortable, but we can't. So we just pray that our kind Heavenly Father will make you so uh, thrilled in your heart of His presence that you won't notice the cranked-up condition you have to set in while the services are going on. May you be so comfortable in Him. And uh, now, today, uh, we're going to study from the Word for a few moments and then pray for the sick and the needy. Mainly my ministry, I'm not very much of a, of a teacher from the Word of God. And I probably don't know too much about his book, but as I've often said, I know the author, Yoel, and that's the main thing. I, I want to know him. To know him is life. And I, I have life through knowing him. Eternal, everlasting life that cannot perish. Amen. It's forever. God gives his gift of eternal life, and it's forever good. It never perishes and never will get old and dwindle away. Your body will get old someday if you live, but your soul, your spirit will never get old. I met an old person once that was well past a hundred years old and said they'd been a Christian since they were seven years old. And I said, Brother, how, how is it with you today? Oh, he said, Brother Brandon, he gets sweeter as the years go by. About 104 or 5 years old. And I thought, still sweeter as the years go by, around 97, 98 years of serving the Lord, and he still got sweeter. I imagine when the ages rolls on, he'll still be better all the time. When we look back and see what God has brought us through and brought us out of and brought us into. Christian life is a, a journey. This is a pilgrimage here. And uh, we're just passing through this land. And we're, we're not going to stay here, you know it. Many times we build a house, we say, well, the family and I are anchor down here, but how, for how long? See, you don't know. And we always would like to get a place where we could just say, this is ours for good. But it isn't here on earth. We don't have such a place here on earth. But there's something in you that calls out for that place. And before there could be anything in you calling out for that place, that place has to be in existence, or there'd be nothing in your calling out for it. The deep can't call to the deep unless there's a deep to respond to it. Amen. So there has to be something inside calling to a place. Before, there has to be a place first, rather, to make this deep call out to it. And then when there's something in here that desires, I see some of my friends that I've grown up together, that we have together here. And I think a few years ago, little boys playing marble out here on the street, spinning top, riding horses. And today we're coming into middle-aged man. And then I notice uh, their fathers, two or three sitting here this morning, that, oh, when they were young, black-headed man, and today they're sitting here shaking and old. And we got to meet that shaky and old experience. But just one by one, we're revolving down, just pilgrims and strangers traveling through. Now, the blessed thing in here that was talking to a young lady just a few moments ago, 
that was suffering from a nervous condition. And the nervous condition, I, she said, how she had tried to overcome it. Now, I'm not much of a Christian science or a Unitarian. Uh, I don't believe there's anything like mind over matter. I believe God is a healer. Now, I, the lady was born in that nervous condition. Her mother and father died when she was a child, baby, and raised up just tossed about everywhere and never had the proper love and care that a baby has. You know, Mother, I want to tell you something. I know I got a little boy back there, and he's really rankly spoiled. But I would rather have him that way. I believe it'll make a better man out of him if God lets him live than to let him scream and cry and upset his little self. Listen, a few years ago, some normal modern witch doctor said that let that baby cry. Don't pick it up. And all, uh, all these things like that. Don't let Grandma touch it. And you know what they hatched out? You see what it is, a juvenile delinquency, a bunch of neurotics. God made a baby to be loved. That's why he made a mother to love a baby. That's why we are, we're supposed to be this way. God made it that way. And any time that you upset God's program, you must remember you're wrong and will be wrong. As long as you're upsetting God's program. Follow God's program. Amen. Do it the way God said do it. Now, the only way that that can be, just like you were born a sinner, and the only way that you can ever become anything else but a sinner, it's got to be a new, another birth. You got to be born a Christian. If you were born a sinner, then you got to be born to be a Christian. And it's got to be something that takes place inside of you. And that's the same thing has to take place in divine healing. It has to be something take place, not just a workup or emotion. It's got to be something that actually happens, and you know it happens. Amen. It's not just, oh, well, I'll just think it this way and study it that way. That doesn't do it. It's got to be something actually take place. Amen. Now, today, and we're expecting a couple of ambulance loads of people to be pushed in in a few moments. It's coming by plane. And we want to get into a lesson this morning for those who are here that's so sick and needy upon the subject of divine healing so that your faith can be built up on divine healing, to know what it really is, and know what to do, how to make arrangements to, to prepare yourself for your healing. How many uh, read Christian Life this month? Did you get to read it? The Christian Life magazine, I believe, no, I beg your pardon. I got it this month, but it was sent to me, of a famous doctor in Illinois was asked the question, what about divine healing? Wished I would have brought it along this morning. And he said, is there such, they asked him, is there such a thing as divine healing? He said, certainly. And if that doctor didn't explain it exactly the way I have explained about my hand being cut, that uh, don't build tissue, medicine. We, we think medicine's wonderful. And we would not say don't use it because 
It's something just like, I wouldn't say don't use soap to wash your hands. It's a chemical, but after all, uh, medicine doesn't heal. Medicine just keeps clean. While God does the healing, you can't uh, set your arm, and doctor can't come in and set your arm and say, now it's healed. He just sets your arm and go away and let God heal it for you. That's the only way it can be done. Well, now, that's the same way it is by taking medicine. But medicine's all right. It's all right to get your arm set if you break it. But God has to do the healing. Well, now, this is this healing, you must have faith. It's called faith healing. And this doctor said, well, there's such a thing as miracles. He said, and I've seen it many times. He was a noted surgeon. He said many times, he said, now, when you come to the bloodless cults who say that some man does it or, or something like uh, Unitarians and so forth, said, I simply wouldn't put my hands on that. But said, I do believe and know that the blood of Jesus Christ is all sufficient to heal any sickness. Mm-hmm. Now, it comes through Christ. Healing comes from Christ alone. And it all comes if your conversion. I've seen people who pretended, say, well, now I'm going to turn a new page over. It's New Year. I'm going to try to do a little better this year than I did last year. But you find out it don't work. And so is people who take their healing haphazardly like that. It doesn't work. It doesn't last. But when a man or a woman comes to Christ with a full surrendered heart and believes, until they're absolutely something changes inside of them. That person has life eternal. And the same way it is by divine healing. When a man comes to Christ upon the basis of believing the shed blood of Christ was for his healing by his stripes we are healed and accepted until something happens in his heart, it says it's so. I'm going to be well. I'm telling you, there's no way at all to keep them from getting well. They're going to be well. That's right. You don't have to tell a person to quit sinning after he's been born again. It just absolutely stops itself. Well, the same thing it is. You don't tell people, I keep on holding on. After they're healed, they just, something happens inside of them. And it's not an outside in, it's an inside out. It happens in here first. You absolutely believe it. And then from there out, it goes to work. And then I've seen it happen so spontaneously that it caused outstanding miracles. Now, before we approach God's Word on the subject, let's bow our heads just a moment for prayer. And everyone in your own way now, let's meet the Lord. Our kind Heavenly Father, we come to Thee most humbly in the name of the Lord Jesus, Thy beloved Son. We come in his name because he has bid us to do so, saying, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, I'll do it. Then if we place his name, we know that we're bound to have a talk with God. And this prayer shall be carried straight to him. Father, we're most desperately in need today of the answer of this prayer, and we come after a night of prayer and consideration, studying the Word, asking just what you'd have us to say this morning to the dying, sick people, knowing that it's a most solemn obligation 
And we are to answer someday for the loyalty of our stewardship over the heritage of God. Then we come humbly, believing, bowed hearts to Thee, saying, God, be merciful to us here today. Forgive us of every sin, Lord. May this heart of these people here today be so thoroughly purged that the Holy Spirit will move in a marvelous way, taking His Word and delivering it to every heart. And may every unbeliever today become a real child of God, born again. And may every sick person become healed today. May the Holy Ghost give us that reach-up faith that'll climb beyond every shadow and every cloud. Take hold of God and bring Him into our presence, or either bring us into His presence, lift us up above the shadows. May it not be a shadow left. May we all bring our souls into contact with God now. Come to your word, Lord. You promised that you'd bless your word wherever it was spoken. And you said it would not return to you, boy. But it would accomplish that which it was purposed for. And Father, thou who sent the word. Now may the Holy Spirit take the word now and go right straight into the hearts of the people and establish an unmovable faith, Lord, that will heal the sick and the afflicted, save the lost, give an experience to those who are without it. Hide us now in behind Christ, Lord, and let us all of our speaking and preaching and testifying, whatever may take place, may it all be through Christ, for we ask it in his name. Amen. When I think of his goodness. Now, this is a familiar text. All night I just seemed like even after I'd gone to bed, I couldn't get this text off my mind. I just had to, to keep it on my mind, yet I've approached it in many times, and I just kept it on my mind. And today, by God's help, I want to speak a little bit, not knowing what not one word prepared or nothing. We don't preach so many notes. Just what the Lord says do, start and stop and trying to when at his command. Over in the book of Genesis, the 22nd chapter, in the 7th verse, we read this, the 7th and 8th verse, just far by way of text. And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for the burnt offering. So they went, both of them, together. Now, in reading the Word, a very familiar text, but I want to take for a subject, if God willing, for a little while, on God hath a provided way. Now, highways, the highway department has a provided highway for you to come to Jeffersonville, wherever you come from, for the service this morning. He has a highway provided. You just follow the highway, get a map, 
Follow the highway, it's very easy. Go anywhere in the United States, just to get the highway map. God has a map marked for healing, for salvation, and a map marked for glory. It all leads that way. And while we're traveling this grand old highway, if we need uh, a place for healing, you'll notice on the map there's a little stations all along the side of the road <laughs> where the Lord has provided for us a healing place. He has ministers all down along the road that has believes in divine healing, and they pray for the sick and the needy. Like the traveler that fell coming from Jericho, from Jerusalem to Jericho, and they tuck him to the end, the little provided place, and they poured some oil in and give some money, and he got well. And the Lord said, or the man said, Brother, if there's anything more than this when I come by, I'll, I'll make it right when I come by again on my next journey. So we know that God has a provided way. In the character of Abraham, this morning speaking or taking him as a basic thought, he, to my opinion, is one of the most outstanding of all the characters of the Bible and one of my favorite characters to bring to the people for an example. Now, in Hebrews 11th chapter or 12th chapter, the first verse, it said, Seeing we are compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every sin and the, the weight and the sin to so easily beset us. Now, we realize that sin is only one thing that's unbelief. Sin is in the singular. Sins, you are a sinner because you are an unbeliever. You are a Christian because you are a believer. It doesn't mean uh, one time or many times I've said that smoking, drinking, gambling, committing adultery, lying, that isn't sin. That's the attributes of unbelief. That's what unbelief produces. That's the reason you do it, is because you're an unbeliever. But when you become a believer, then all these things shed off. And it's a new life of belief, and it produces righteousness, peace, joy, love, long-suffering, goodness, patience, gentleness. That's the attributes because you are a believer. Now, God, did you ever stop to think, now just for a little bit, let's just look straight to the Scripture. And I love it, because it's God's pathway, it's God's righteousness. And all these things that happened back in the Old Testament was an example of what we can be if we take the same thing of the road that they did. The Bible said they escaped the edge of the sword, they done all these different things, their dead was raised up. And you said, but that was in the Bible time. That's happening right today. This is Bible time. Since the Holy Spirit's come, it's constantly Bible time. Amen. We never go out of it. Well, you know, we have persecutions on these matters, and people who doesn't believe in will make fun, ridicule. They had it back there also. But someday when life is all over, the story will be told up yonder in glory. When the song of redemption is sung, 
Oh, I can almost see the time when Jesus comes to earth. And the redeemed stands in his presence with uplifted hands to sing the story redeemed by grace. When angels will stand a circle around the earth with bowed heads, not knowing what we're talking about. They never had to be redeemed. It's you and I that need redeeming. It's you and I that Christ died for. That's the reason we can sing redeeming grace. The angel knows nothing about it. He never fell. What a time that'll be. Oh, my. Now, think of all the old wrinkles of this body will be ironed out. All the gray hairs vanish. The stooped shoulders straight. Say, looky, what he done for me? Talk about redeeming grace. You'll hear my voice. I know you will. Not only mine, but everyone, you'll hear their voice when they sang the story of redeeming grace, how you redeemed us. And now we only have the attributes of it. We've only got the down payment, the earnest of it. Someday we'll have it in full payment. Jesus never come to the earth and died just in vain. Jesus never taken a chance to come to earth. Jesus wouldn't have did that. God don't run his office business in heaven like that, loosely. Jesus came to the earth to die for a purpose. And not just to see if it be somebody. God, before the foundation of the world, set the, foresaw the whole thing. You believe it? Amen. Foresaw it. By foreknowledge, he foreknew it. Therefore, he knew that there was going to be a church called out without spot or wrinkle. And there had to be preparations made to save that church, so he sent Jesus. Not just perhaps somebody might be saved, but he knew who was going to do it. He'd have a people called out, and you are they. He'd have a people that would believe in divine healing, would accept the stripes for their healing, and you are they. God knew it. He knew there'd be unbelievers. It was then. He knew they would be. He foreknew it. So therefore, he could foresee it would be that way. And he foreknew that there'd be somebody who would believe it. So he sent Jesus for those who would believe it. And here they are today, gathered here in one spot to accept what God foreknew would take place. God made a preparation for those who would believe. And you're a part of that preparation. God foreknew before the world ever was formed that these days would be here. That's the reason he could foretell it. He foreknew it. And he made a preparation for those who would accept it. And you are the people this morning that's come here to be prayed for that the preparation was made for. God foreknew it. Oh, my, that rouses the emotions of our souls. As you notice the Holy Spirit, when he takes the word and sets it across the congregation, watch the emotions of the audience. You know why I do that? I know that God's presence is in the building. When you see the way the effect it's moving the people, when you see just the word, 
God making preparations and providing. Amen. The very thing that you come to this tabernacle for this morning, God foreknew it and set in order that you could receive the very thing that you come to receive this morning. Amen. You see it? See, everything's already set in order. The only thing that we have to do is to receive it now. God's already sent it. It's here. Now, the only thing we have to do is raise up and receive it. Now, you have to be showed how to receive it. How to reach up and get a hold of it. And then when you get it, then you know it's there. Nothing's going to rub it out. It's indelible. It can't never be changed. Notice. God giving us an example here. Abraham and his little boy Isaac. I was thinking of back under when Abraham was just an ordinary man. He wasn't any more than any other man. He, perhaps his father was an idol worshiper. Come down to the land of Chaldea, the city of Ur, coming out of Babylon, where they'd worship roots of trees and they had some woman up there and she was supposed to be some goddess and everything built by, uh, by Nimrod. And there's where idol worship first was established in Babylon. And the people were scattered. And Babylon brought them all into one group, like one great head or one great organization. But Abraham come out of the group that pulled away. His father, he married his half-sister and come down but, and lived in uh, the valleys and Shanghai valleys. And there God spoke to him at the age of 60 or 75 years old and promised him a case of divine healing. And his wife, Sarah, was 65 years old and promised that through his faith in him that he would perform divine healing for Sarah. Amen. What a beautiful picture. How outstanding. How that if you notice, it was always Abraham's faith. Even Sarah doubted and even laughed and disputed with God himself. That's something that she laughed at him. But God, through his sovereignty, could not back up on his promise. Oh, if you can see that, sick folks. That's when something's going to take place. Amen. It just has to. It's based upon your faith in God. Now, God told Abraham he was going to do and provide some way for this to happen. Anyone here a past uh, or anywhere in their teenage would know that that was, had to be an outstanding something had to take place. But before God did it or promised it, he made a preparation for it before he made the promise. And it'll have to be to people sitting here this morning with cancer, heart trouble, blind, 
it'll have to be some moving of the supernatural that would do it. It had to be the moving of a supernatural. Sunday morning, last Sunday morning, to take that lady from the stretcher laying here. Amen. Broken ankles and cirrhosis that she couldn't even get her robe around her. In 15 minutes, she could laugh it around her. Preparations was made. You see? Oh, what a glorious thing. Preparations was made. God foreknew that he would send Abraham and he just let him go right on down until he got 75 years old or short. It would be a miracle. Yeah. And let Sarah travel right on down. He could have spoke to them when they were 18 or 20 years old. But he just let it get to a place where it would be a miracle. God likes to show his power. Not that he has to, but he loves to do it. It pleases him. It is omnipotent to let his subjects know who he is. I'm so happy of it because he showed me his power. Usually when God shows his power, regardless of what people think about it, people will clatter to it every time. It prepares their hearts. It makes them ready. It makes them brace up and ready to take a new hope. The people who doesn't believe in divine healing and the performing of miracles. How no wonder our churches are dying. No wonder they're withering up to a bloodless cause. No wonder his social gospel is so uh, predominating today. It's because in our seminaries and everything, we're taking all the phenomenal away from God. God Himself is the phenomenal. Amen. He's the Creator being, the Jehovah. He's the great reality. He's the great substance of everything that was made on the earth was made by Him. Amen. And He displays His power by raising the sun every morning, by sending forth His rings, by setting His rainbows. Comes down to His subjects and healing their sickness and saving their sins. Amen. Amen. The, the very word God himself, the word God means an object of worship. Amen. And we worship him because it is majesty that he set these things before us. Amen. And we see them visible before our eyes. How glorious it is to serve him. How that he foreknows these things and sets them in order. Maybe today you say, Brother Branham, I'm a Christian. How did this thing come to me? Why did I get to this kind of state? Well, maybe God did it just like he did to Abraham and Sarah. Well, Sarah was married probably to Abraham when she was just a teenage girl. Abraham, probably a young man in his 20s, is 10 years difference in their age. Maybe her 16 and him 26. Why, well, he could have spoken to him, said, now you're going to have a child now in your youth. You can love your baby now while you're young and can enjoy it lots and you're going to raise it up and it's going to be a type of the Savior's coming and so forth. He could have did it then. But God likes to do miracles. Oh, excuse me. But to know that what He's done, looking over the face of the people, I see a woman sitting here who was dying with cancer. There wasn't nothing but a shadow of a woman. 
And she was just at the point of going over. Here she sits this morning, healthy, strong, rosy cheeked. Here sits a young lady on the front seat that just talked to me a while ago. One of the worst stages of an alcoholic. Here she is, not an erotic look about her, sweetly and humbly. I look out and understand a woman back at her who was blind. And here she is this morning, not even glasses over her eyes. Oh, it's God making a way. And he made it a Calvary. And their hopes is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood with righteousness. Amen. Oh, how he does it. It's beyond finding out. But he does it. And he does it for his glory. And he's made preparations for it. If you were going to take your child to a party of some sort, would not you prepare it, get its dress ready and so forth, or its little suit, whatever the child might be, boy or girl, you'd make arrangements for that. If you were going to entertain company would not for a dinner, would not you first get your dinner made ready? For you make ready for these things. Amen. You make ready for these great blessings that come that you can give to people. Don't you like to entertain people? Do not you like to go out and take people to your home and entertain them? You clean up everything. You fix everything. You, you put a little flower over here. This is just the way they would like it. And you fix a little thing here. Now, I see they are, they like this. And so you fix it. Just making arrangements. And I know that they like uh, this kind of a meat. So you prepare that meat real spicy and nice because if you can't feel it, you do it. You get somebody else come to it who can do it better. You're making arrangements, preparations for something, because you want your guests to be highly entertained. God, in His sunrise time, He wanted His children to have the best. So He made the preparations. He foreshowed it to the prophets. He revealed it in Christ. And the table set today and every man and woman that's invited is a welcome to come to this table. For he was wounded for our transgressions and with his stripes we were healed. All foreseen is provided and prepared. The meal's ready. The call is given. He foresaw it. He made preparations as God's provided way for you. When your souls are hungry. A lady said to me just this morning, said, I walked into one of the meetings, I seen the people so happy. Said, I wasn't happy. And then I looked at them and I said, surely they have something. I wish I had that. Sure, the table was set for that poor hungry soul. And before the service was over, she was eating from the same table. Oh, wow. That's it, right. Amen. Drunken, wall-eyed drunk, alcoholic to the limits of doctors to give her up. Here she is happy, rejoicing. And that's been about two years ago again, three years ago, and look, they're still holding out. If you ever come to that table once and set your feet on it, you'll never leave again. So great. The world has nothing to compare with it. 
It's so wonderful to know his love for you. God making preparations. Now he said, I'll let Abraham, instead of calling now 26 and Sarah 16, I'll wait till they are old. I'll let it get past menopause for Sarah. Oh, she happens about the 40. And then the 40, 50, 60, about 25 years past. Then I'll call her. And then I'll let Abraham get 75. Then I'll call him. Now I said, Abraham, I am going to do something for you. That's good enough. As long as God said he was going to do it. Abraham said, well, Lord, I'm sure glad to get it. And he went along acting like he already had it. Amen. That's the way it is. If God has, he wouldn't, he wouldn't say it unless he prepared it. If he prepared it, you'd be good as God is. If I told you I'd give you an oak tree, and you said, all right, Brother Bram, here I'll come around with a little acorn and give it to you. You've got the oak tree. Sure it is. It's in seed form, but just let it alone. Plant it in the ground. It'll produce an acorn tree. Certainly. That's the way it is by the Word. The Word's a seed. The Word came to Abraham. The Word of God came to him and said, Abraham, I have chosen thee. You get it? Oh, I just love that. Not you chose me, but I chose you. Now, while you're here this morning is sick, God chose you. Today's your day for healing. I've chose you. I've made myself ready. I've called you in. Now, each one of you is a guest. And you come in. And I've got everything prepared and all the dainty sitting on the table. And every one of you can have it now. What an invitation. Now, God says, now, sometimes Abraham, Abraham, with no doubt, said, Thank you, Lord. I am so happy to get this, this uh, promise that you give me because here I am. I'm old and I've always wanted children. So I'm, I'm old and I, I would like to have that promise. Well, Abraham went along as if you believe that the baby is going to be born in that same year. But you know, day by day, there was no change. And then it went day by day, then weeks by week, and year by year, and no change. But the Bible said, now, if that would be you and I, well, maybe, I don't say you and I, but some people, they would say, oh, my, God, God let me down. He didn't keep his promise. But he did keep his promise. And Abraham, the Bible said, grew strong in God. All the time he got greater now he's 75. Now, ten years has passed. He's 85. Ten years. Just think, that's when I started preaching uh, these uh, meetings. And ten years passed, and still nothing happened. The first person I ever prayed for. But would still be giving God praise because it was going to happen. Why? God prepared it. God will never give you a promise unless first there is a deposit for it. A good man wouldn't give you a check with no money in the bank. An honest man wouldn't. Well, God wouldn't give you his check for your salvation or healing unless there was a deposit part. God has prepared it. He told Abraham that he was going to have a child. That settled it. He told Noah. He said, Noah, I want you to build me an ark. Build to the saving of your house an ark. And Noah, isn't it good in God? Before these grave disasters happen, God always gives a warning and makes a way of escape. 
He prepares it. He said, now, hey, uh, Noah, look at it. I want you to build an ark. Why, well, they had no water on the earth, just little springs. It never did rain. There was no rain up in the skies. And how foolish sometimes it seems to the carnal mind when God gives a person a promise how the world can't understand it. There's no doubt, but what when you received God's blessing and was born again, you, the people thought you were crazy. They said, that person's just a little bit off. You see, you're moving by faith. Oh, my. You're making preparation for something that the world knows nothing about. They only live just as far as they can see. But we live by things we don't see. That we believe that God said was true. Faith doesn't look at the things you can see. Faith looks at things you don't see. How happy we should be this morning then. Every person in here getting ready for your healing. Sure. How am I going to do it? I don't know, but God prepared it for me. I'm coming to God and get it, that's all. I'm going to be just exactly what He said to do, and I'm going to receive it. See? For it's God's provided way of doing it. He makes a preparation. Now, Noah went out there and began to build a way on an ark. God's goodness to him. He said, I know this fixing comes from trouble. And all that's not in this ark is going to drown. So you get ready and get in this ark and get your family in there. Tell everybody, everybody's welcome to come. But I'm sure they won't do it. <laughs> but you just, you just make, make a preparation for them anyhow. Here's the ark. Now you make this ark and everybody wants to come in, can't come in and be saved. So Noah went away building away like you are today. Building away on your testimony. You're building a spiritual ark. For the saving of your own soul, for your testimony, and for God's glory. Now, they're building away on the ark, and people come by and laugh and make fun of him. And they say, hey, did you hear about that fellow saying there's going to be some water come down? Where's it going to come from? Why, there can't be no water up there. Look, can you see any water? It's just as blue as it can be. Oh, we've lived here all these years and never been no water. How could it come? There's no water up there. And this fellow says the whole earth's going to be covered with water. Well, that man must be just a little bit funny up here. There's something wrong in his head. But why did he do it? Why did he make preparations to meet God's preparation? God was going to prepare to destroy the enemies of the world, and Noah had to build a way to prepare something to ride through it. And that's the way it is today. God has made a way to destroy that cancer. God's made a way to take the blindness out of them eyes. God has made a way, and what are we trying to do with this Word this morning, is build something for you to ride to on. Your victory. God's Word, thus saith the Lord. See, ride to on His Word. God said so. After a while, when God got ready for it to happen, the rain was up there. And when God gets ready for it to happen, it will always be there. God makes His way. After He has made a preparation. All right, he did the same thing. He was going to glorify himself in the Hebrew children. He made a preparation. When did he make it? The Hebrew children didn't have any promise. They couldn't get back here and read in the Bible and say, Lord, you promised in your word that any of your children ever went into a fiery furnace, you would deliver them. All right, Lord, we're coming right there upon that. Well, that wouldn't have been so hard to do. Just their faith because God had already promised it. But God hadn't promised them no such a thing. 
But here's the words they had. God was so real to them. They said, Our God is able. How about that? The fellow that don't believe in divine healing. Amen. God is able to deliver us from these fiery furnace, but we'll not bow down to your images. And when they walked into the fiery furnace upon bare sheer faith that God was able, not promised, but He was able, God sent Christ in the fiery furnace and sent the fire away from us and protected them and brought them out. Hallelujah. Sure. But saying God is able. Now, you don't come saying God is able. You don't have to come that. God, you promised. Yeah. Amen. You prepared it at Calvary, and I've come to receive it. It's your preparation. You provide it, and you promised it. And I see others receiving it, so I come too hard to get my part of it. Amen. You'll go away a different person. You'll go away with such an anchor inside your soul that nothing can upset you. You know that you're healed. You know that God has taken care of this matter for you because He has promised. He gives testings and trials of these promises. He Many times He did let the Hebrew children feel all the weight of the fire coming on to them. He let Daniel hear the roar of the lion and made his hot breath right against him. That lion, with their mouths open, hungry down this pit, and the lions rushed back to him, and with a great roar and blast, till they was ready to seize on to Daniel. All at once he was covered with an angel. Light swirled around Daniel. No doubt, but it was the pillar of fire that led the children of Israel. Animals are scared of fire. You know that they're scared of light. You shine a light in any animal's face, he'll run. And maybe God shines forth because God lives in brightness. God is a consuming fire. Maybe all of a sudden, not knowing, he said, what would happen? But they threw him into the lion's den. And then the Holy Spirit was there. And the lion backed off and laid down. How was that? Or St. Agnes, when he was dying, when he came to the cross, and they was going to kill him. And he who rung it and embraced the cross and kissed it. That they were going to tar and powder him. And he said, Oh, cross of Christ. I'm only sorry that I had just one life that I can give for thee. Just sorry that I don't have one life I can give for you. They said, Are you afraid? He said, Afraid. And they knew. Wrapped his hands to the cross. They drenched him in tar and throwed petters over him. Put a barrel of pitch at the bottom and rolled by in a chair and throwed a lit light torch into the flame. And it went up around him. And after the people made their rejoicing and passed their stones one to another, that they'd got rid of this pest. A preacher of righteousness. What happened? The fire burned down. And the saint was hanging on the cross. Praising and blessing God. God had prepared a way of escape for him. Right in the midst of the tower. He prepared a way. Why he come bravely, boldly. That's the way we come to God's promises. We come boldly to accept them. We don't come shuddering and say, maybe I will, maybe I'll. 
Next Sunday, baby, this be the no we come with the assurance in our heart. That God through Christ has prepared a way. And I come to accept it. It's an easy thing when you look and see what the promise was made by. If you see it, it was God made the promise. If God made the promise, God's able to keep his promise. When that godly old mother last Sunday laying there and I said, Mother, do you believe that God will keep his promise? She said, With all my heart. Oh my. That was it. That's what did it. That's what did it here not long ago, standing in Karlsruhe, Germany. When my boy and some man was sending people up to the prayer line, there come a little blind German girl. She's totally blind. I didn't know what's the matter with the child. They just sent her up, and the little thing's walking off the platform. Someone grabbed her. And she had little curls and strings of hair hanging down, plaited, this typical little German girl. Never seen all of her life. And when they brought her over there, she just didn't know where to go. And she put her arms around me. By the way, was this same soon all that? Put her little arms around me. She mumbled off something in German. I didn't know what it was. And the interpreter said, I said, what'd she say? Said She said, are you the brother that's going to pray for me? <laughs> oh, my. Little thing about like this, about like my little Rebecca. And I said, yes, sweetheart. I come all the way from the United States to pray for you. Amen. She put her little, locked her little arms around me, laid her little head over on my shoulder, just the assurance. Child simplicity. God of heaven was going to move some way. Few moments she opened her little eyes. She said, Is that why you call them things? Light! Her mother jumped and screamed and ran out of her shoes. Run to the platform. She said, Darling! She said, Mother! Oh, you're so beautiful! Why? Calvary prepared, made a preparation for the healing of her eyes. Certainly. She come to accept what God had provided. God has provided for each one. God gives the assurance. Maybe your sickness has been a lingering one. Maybe you've had it for years and you've tried and tried. You tried. Abraham tried. When he was up a hundred years old nearly, God appeared to him one day and he said, Abraham, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be perfect. A hundred years old. Right on a hundred. Walk before me and be perfect. I'm Almighty God. And if you break those words down, sometime maybe I'd like to have a revival at the tabernacle or here in Jeffersonville when we get our tent and things set up somewhere. Where we can take those words and break them down and see what they mean. Just the meanings of those words. The Almighty in the Hebrew is El Shaddai which means the breast, like a woman. Abraham, I'm coming to you in the name of the breasted one, the nurse, the, the life giver. Like a little baby when it's sick, you know, the mother holds it to her breast and she nurses it. And the little baby's fretting and crying and skinny, but it just lays there and nurses. It gets strong. Where's it nursing its life from? From the mother. And God appears to us today as El Shaddai, the breasted one. Both of them, the New and Old Testament. This is full of promises they can be. Not 
a breast, but breasted too. Why? He died for a compound purpose. He was wounded for our transgressions. With his stripes, God provided a way for our healing. See? One for our salvation, one for our healing. I am the breasted one. I have two witnesses. In the mouth of two witnesses, let every word be established. In the Old Testament, he was Jehovah Jireh, the Lord provided sacrifice. He was Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. In the Old Testament, in his compound names, he was the healer of Jehovah Rapha. In the New Testament, he's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The preparation. We can take it from both Old and New Testament pattern together. That's the reason mostly I go to the Old Testament to pick out a text, because I bring it over to the New Testament and pull it together and show you it's the same breath that God, the same one that escaped Daniel from death by sending an angel, is the same God that's in here this morning, is the same God that gave blind Martinez his sight that healed that little German girl. He never fails. He's God Jehovah. He can't. He makes a preparation. And He's provided a way for every one of us. He's provided an escape. And He told Abraham, I am the breasted one. Now, Abraham, the only thing you have to do is just keep nursing. Nursing. And yours, the little baby, if he's sick, no matter how sick he is, now to mothers know this, no matter how sick the little one is, as long as he's nursing, he's satisfied. And sometimes you fix his uh, little milk if he's by a, a bottle, and you fix his little milk and put the vitamins in it. Oh, how lovely. You know, maybe we're all God's bottle babies, maybe we'd say. And God has just provided the two bottles, the New and Old Testament, and he's just dropped vitamins off in them. And while we get a hold of him going to nursing, we're not only satisfied, but we're being healed all the same time. We got spiritual vitamins. It just keeps building us up, making us stronger, stronger. It's good for, it's got calcium for the bones. It's got vitamin B complex for the nerves. Oh, it's got everything in it. God's whole medicine cabinet was dropped into it. It was all in a bottle, put in a bottle, and he opened it at Calvary. So through Calvary we can nourish back any redeemed blessings that Jesus died for. A spear representing sin for our place, speared his side, his feet, his hands, his head, and through the bleeding forth of his life. We nourish back to life again. All that we lost in the fall back there, God has provided a way for us. God's provided a way of an escape. Now here little Isaac was when he was born after Abraham was a hundred and Sarah was nearly a hundred, about ninety years old. And God brought little Isaac into existence. And little Isaac was born. And when he was born, well, how happy the family was. They made a feast the day he was weaned. Abraham circumcised him after eight days. And here he becomes a young man. Now about 16. God said, Now, Abraham, I want to see just how much faith you really got. I'm going to give you a back set in your divine healing. <laughs> see how far you'll trust me. You know, sometimes you had back sets. Did you ever know that? 
I've had a lot of them. <laughs> yes, been preached the gospel for years. Turn around, right around, and get so sick. I don't know what to do sometimes. But my anchor holds. Amen. Just anchor around Calvary and say, God, oh, I can't see Calvary. The waves are so heavy. The people are saying all this. The doctor says I can't live. But something in here, the lifeline is still holding. Holding. You ever see a ship with a dragnet? See the sea net, rather? They'll go through the waves. Sometimes we're under the waves. You can't see around you nowhere. But just let your anchor hold there. It'll keep you. And as the anchor begin to hold, and then the sickness and things, God then brings it all out all right. The sky finally clear up. Everything gets all right. It's holding within the veil. He said, now I'm going to give you a try, Abraham. He said, I want you to take this 16-year-old lad of yours. I want you to take him out here, and I want you to kill him now. How am I going to be a father of nations? How from this boy's going to spring Christ, and how is it going to be if I kill him? Well, now he thinks, if God made the promise, it's up to God to take care of the rest of it. So he takes the little boy, he wouldn't tell the mother, and goes that uh, three days' journey back into the desert. Now, a man can walk about 25, 30 miles a day, so he must have been 100 miles from civilization. And then he saw the mountain far off. He said to the, ch- the ones that were holding the mules, he said, You stay here. I want you to notice this, you people are sick. He said, You stay here while the lad and I go yonder to that mountain and worship, and we will return. We will return. How, how is he going to return? If you're going to take him up there and kill him, and God told you to kill him, the flat words of take his life, and you're going to take his life, how are you going to return? That's up to God. Oh my, can you see it? Maybe it's just me emotionally this morning. How's he going to get back? But God said, to Abraham, you go do it. Abraham said, I received him as one from the dead. And if I kill him, God's able to raise him up again. God gave the promise that he, through him, the Savior would come and somehow God will do it. Moses, the father and mother Moses had to do something similar to that. How's Moses going to be delivered to the people when they seen him as a fair child if they're shoving him out there in a mess of a bunch of crocodiles? How is he going to be a, a deliverer? How are they going to do it? Well, they received him in that manner, so they pushed him back out into the crocodiles knowing that God could take care of it. And God did take care of it. God got his hand on his church. God got his hand on his man, on his woman. God's able to take care of the situation. So Abraham said, we will return. When you left home this morning, did you tell husband, when I come back, I'll be feeling different. <laughs> yes, sir. How are you going to do it? I don't know, but I will. <laughs> oh, amen. I'll be different when I come back. You just watch and see. How are you going to do it? God will provide. There. 
when this great crucial hour comes, handy, went up to the top of the mountain, and Abraham took his knife out and took the little boy, and he said this question to him. He said, Father, here's the, the wood, and here's the altar, but where is the burnt offering? He said, God will provide an offering. Isn't that a lesson to us? God will provide. There's no need of us getting all upset about anything. God will provide. I'm staring out on something right now that it could wreck and ruin me. Are you heard of me coming out of the services? Went to work with Brother Woods back there. But God came down a few nights ago in a vision. And told me, it showed me what to do. If you just trust him, he's marvelous. He knows all. He's going to give you the best there is. I looked at my old Pontiac the other day. It's all getting beat up now. The hydromatic's going out on it. And I got two little girls that bounces around a whole lot in the seats. And they about broke the seats down out of it. And I went and had it prepared. The man said, Billy, I'll tell you what I'll do. So I'll give you a good swap for that. I said, how can I swap that? I said, oh, I can't do it. He said, well, are you... Oh, your credit's good around here as long as you want. I'll hold your note. I said, that's mighty nice, but I can't do it. So I'll give you a real good deal on it. He said, being a preacher, I'll give it to you wholesale. I said, that's nice, but see, I, I can't do it. <laughs> see? And he said, well, if you ever take an ocean swap, let me know. And I said, all right. So then I thought, well, God, huh? This old thing's all right for me. It's fine and dandy. That mobile truck. I said, we can beat around all the country with it. It's okay. Been doing it for all these years. I can continue on. And the other night, a phone call came from California. And a man called me up, a man that's a multi-millionaire. He said, Brother Branham, what kind of a car have you got? And I said, I got a four-year-old Pontiac. He said, on the 31st of this month, there will be one of the biggest Cadillacs that's made will be brought and set at your door for service. I said, no, don't, brother, please. I said, don't do it. I said, if, if, I said my neighbors wouldn't understand that. And people, I don't need no Cadillac. I said, take the difference and give it to somebody. And you, you want to help me get me a Ford all right or Chevy? I said, he said, no, this is already bought. that <laughs> here. I don't know what to do with it. But you see what it is? It's God. God in His mercy providing. Sometimes the thing gets real low where we wonder how is it going to be, but God has already provided. Amen. He just holds it up here and drawing interest on it, you see. To give it to you. My vision now I'm staggering out yonder. Here come a letter coming in front over there to a man. Uh, the other day it was sent to me now of the king of a nation over the, overseas that said all oh, the miracles and things that happened down in Germany to the king of Denmark. He said, come over, Brother Branham, and minister to my people in the name of the Lord Jesus. And right at the time where I thought God had washed me up and I was all over, he's setting anew. Yeah. Hallelujah. Then when I used to have to take the people by the Zermas, by one by one, he's placed in my heart now something that I wouldn't be embarrassing to speak of at this time, and I am not a fanatic, and you know that. 
You surely know me well enough. But watch what takes place now. Oh my, it'll be far beyond. See, sometimes just at the darkest of the moment, then God comes riding in. Hallelujah! That's the way God does it. That's the way God did it for the woman with the blood issue. Her darkest hour, and then along came Jesus. It was the Hebrew children's darkest hour, and then God rode in on the winds of fire and fanned the fire away from the Hebrew children. It was in Abraham's darkest hour when he drew back the knife and laid his own little boy back and pulled his head back, his heart and his mouth as it was, his own son, and he pulled the knife to cut his throat because God had said so. It was that darkest moment when God, Jehovah, appeared on the scene that Abraham, stay your hand. I have provided already. You done what? I've provided already a sacrifice. Abraham said, I'll call this place Jehovah Jireh, for the Lord has provided about that time a ram begin to blate in the wilderness, hooked up with his horns all wound up in some vines. Where did that ram come from? He's a hundred miles from civilization. The animals, the lions, and the wolves, and things in the plain as a roll in the prairies there would have killed it. And besides that, he's come up on top of a mountain where there's no water, no springs, nothing for to eat. In a spare of a moment, here was this ram hooked in the wilderness by his horns. What was it? Jehovah God spoke that ram into existence. Sure he did. It was a vision. He killed a ram. Blood came out of it. It was a real ram. Sure it was. And the blood poured out of it. And the, the ram come into existence one minute and went out in the next minute. It was God's provided way to give a blessing to His child that had pressed it into the end of the road. God is able at this minute to speak every cancer out of this building. Open up every blind eye to set everybody out of the God has provided a way. He's made a way. He sent His Son, Christ Jesus, and the Holy Ghost is brewing over us today. The Holy Ghost is over us. It's blessing us. It brings an atmosphere. Why is it you can take a hen egg and put it in a brooder house? The mother hen don't have to be over the egg to hatch it. Just so it's got some warmth over it. It'll hatch. Oh, God. He's seen His Word. And that's what I'm trying to give you. His Word. His promise. He prepared it. At Calvary, He prepared the sacrifice for your healing this morning. He's got it here and He watches over it. And you're getting it in your heart and the Holy Ghost is brewing over it. It'll take life and produce just exactly what God said it would produce. Every word will produce just exactly what it promised because God has provided it. Look at the preparation. When a person's getting ready to put their... They have set their chickens and things, how they select their eggs and put them into the brooder and put them in the brooder house and how the heat is regulated. That heat is kept over that egg until it's hatched. And God is so set in order 
that one day through all the types, back through Adam, through Eve, on down to the prophets, down to Abraham, he set in order. He put it all in the Old Testament, showing what he was going to do. And he finished it in Calvary when he sent Jesus, who was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, the chastity of our feet upon him with his stripes we were healed. He finished it at Calvary. Then he anointed preachers and sent it out now to bring the word to put the eggs in the right position, place. Then he takes the same word and anchors it out there. And then comes and hovers over it by the Holy Ghost until that word becomes life in the human heart. No devil out of hell couldn't keep life out of it. Yes, sir. No, no, whatever the egg is, if it's a duck egg, it'll bring a duck. If it's a chicken, it'll bring a chicken. If it's a bird, it'll bring a bird. If God promised salvation, take it in your heart. The Holy Ghost will brew over it till it comes to life. If He promised healing, take it in your heart. It's God's provided way. He sent signs and wonders. He said, in the last days, it shall come to pass, saith God. Oh, I'll send my Holy Spirit into the world. Now send ministers forth, and great signs and wonders will take place. In my name they shall cast out evil spirits. And they'll speak with new tongues, take up serpents, or drink deadly pains that would harm them. If they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. And the Bible said, In this last day there come a former and latter rain together. And today across the nations, from one east to the west, from north to south, it's one constant great revival of divine healing, the powers of God. And the man who's cast down, some man who's picked up, God tried to get it into his big churches and couldn't find room. They rejected it and said it couldn't be done when it was thought of here a few years ago. But God reached down in the lowly walk of life to humble peasant people, raised them up uneducated. Why did God do it? Oh, if it had come through big churches and they that had something to glorify about. Our, our groups met together. We decided this, but God got down to men and women who can't read their own names sometimes. God takes nothing. You make something out of it. And they yield it. And God takes a man of that type and raised them up in the world. And today a roar of blessing. Even to the doctors are putting it in papers that divine healing is true. They have to recognize it. Hallelujah. We're living in the day of the coming of the Lord. Tonight this fastly falling. Ministers are sweating it out, praying out. God's showing signs and wonders. There's a storm coming. Oh, he, he's coming. There's a storm on. And a great revival time. A time that this world has never seen. A time like it's going through right now. There's never been a time in the history of the world, at any age or any time, where the gospel of the power of God has ever been demonstrated like it is right now. Amen. Through radio, through television, through faithful ministers, into the mission fields, to the Hottentots, to the Africans, to, into China, into different places, great healing revivals and powers and works and signs and wonders are coming everywhere. Never was in all the world like it. Friends, God has provided it. God has spoken it. God is performing it. God is here this morning. He's provided this morning for you. This day is your day. This time is your time. If you're willing and are ready this morning 
if you believe it with all your heart, if you'll promise God, God, I, I'll never tinker with it no more. I'm coming solely. Something is happening in my heart. Some little something happened here this morning while we were preaching and bringing the words. This part of it meant me. When I see that he called those things which were not as though they were. Abraham went about saying, we're going to be this way. It's going to be this way. We're going to have the baby. How are you going to have it? So my wife's too old. The doctor says it's impossible. Uh, well, I'm, we're going to have it. Because God had said so. And when he met the last crucial moment of it, up there he called the place Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide for himself this sacrifice. Somebody's come for a long distance. Coming here dying. Your phone calls are wrote up there on a little pad, a little book at the house. Some of it with cancer, some blind, some deaf, some dumb. Some fathers of little babies and mothers and so forth of little children. That's in all kinds of conditions. What's happened? What caused you to do it? What makes the emotions of a human being like that? How did you ever do such a thing? Well, we had them to the hospital. We had them everywhere. But why did you bring them here this time? Because something in your heart begin to move. What is it? God making a way. God preparing. God's preparations. God will provide a way. Many of you heard the little possum story was in the books here not long ago. If God was mindful enough to a poor ignorant possum, not only that, but other times as animals. Well, I know how. You say, would you take time to pray for an animal? If God sends it, yes. Sure. God's Jehovah. He just works in His own way. And we just serve Him. We're His servants. And now, my brother, sister, God has provided a perfect way for your healing this morning. Did you know I was almost blind once? I had to be led around by my arm. I wore great big thick glasses over my eyes. My head shook like this. And I couldn't even get a haircut unless somebody would hold my head. Fred Montgomery down here on 6th Street to you people. Have, many of you know Fred Montgomery, the barber down here. How many times that I've laid my glasses down, Fred hold my head with one hand, try to cut my hair with there, and it's shaking like that. I couldn't see to get around. I've come down through the streets of Louisville. Sometimes it gets so blind, I just have to follow my way along the side of a fence like this. I'd stand and wait for a while for my eyes to clear up a nervous wreck. Oh, amazing grace. Today, how glorious he is to me. I know one male brothers up there said, Why, Mr. Brand, you can't live. He said, Well, it's impossible for you to get ever get over that. He said, You just can't. He said, That that's deals into your soul. And he said, No man can find the operation of the energy that flows through the nerve, which is your soul, and creates in your mind. Said it's impossible. Said we have thousands of those cases come here. Said the only thing we can do for him. Said you're hopeless, sir. I hate to tell you that. Oh my! I walked out. I said my ministry finished. And then Jesus came with a vision. Hey. Said don't you worry. I'm with you. I'm with you. He said if you live, you'll only be a little spindly thing, about 110, 15 pounds, about like you are now, maybe 20. And here I am this morning, 170, feel fine. What is it? Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the way of preparation under Calvary, and I accepted it. Why did you do it? 
not because of me, but because I could tell you this morning. And you can accept the same thing and tell somebody else about it. And this keeps on, and that's the way he has of preparing a way to spread his gospel. Do you believe it today? God has provided. Shall we pray just a moment now with our heads bowed? And a sister pianist, the shield. Come here just a moment. I want you to card slowly. The great physician now is near. The sympathizing Jesus. He speaks the drooping hearts to cheer. No other name but Jesus. Now you the cheer that's outside of Christ and don't know him as personal Savior. Never have accepted something or another this morning. There's been something around your heart. I'll ever head bowed. Something will move around your heart saying, you know Something just tells me I, I better get ready. That great days are coming pretty soon, and I, I've got to stand. And now, Lord, not to Brother Brandon, but to you, I'm going to raise up my hand and say, but if you help me from this day, I, I'm, going to, I, I'm going to serve you from this day. Is there a person who would do that? Raise your hand and say, by God's grace from this day, I'll serve God. Someone in the building, I don't know. God bless you. God bless you. That's right. That's good. From today on, I want to make my life count for the Lord. I am a Christian. I've already accepted Christ. But I feel like I want to be a better Christian now. I want to raise my hand and say, God, by this, I want... God bless you. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. God be with you. Now, how many, with your heads bowed, that's sick, say, dear God, now I'm going to accept you right now. I have I have a tumor, I have uh, cancer, I have a sick child here, I have uh, whatever it is, no matter what's wrong, I have something wrong, you know it, and right now, I'm accepting this Word, your Word, just like I was coming by faith to be saved. I believe in my heart, I really believe, God, that right now your Word's anchored in my heart and I'm going to get well. I don't know, I didn't think it a while ago, but I, I, just, I just believe it right now, I'm going to get well right now. I'm going to raise up my hand and let you know that I believe it with all my heart. I'm going to get well. Would you raise your hand? You say, oh, my. Just look at the hands, dear Heavenly Father. You see their hands? It's just like being converted. Now, if they was converted, Lord, and had raised their hands for salvation, we'd bring them up here to the pool and baptize them. That's our next thing. Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now, that's what we would do, Lord. Now, these all raise their hands and say they believe that you have planted in their heart. They've seen that you've prepared for their healing already. And they're ready to receive it. And they accept it in their heart. And, Father, there's one thing left for us to do. That's bring them up and pray the prayer of faith for them. Lay hands upon them. You said they shall recover. Nothing can keep it from it. And, Father, we believe that by the grace of God that you'll send us a healing meeting now that will just be glorious. They've already accepted it. We'll be thankful. We'll give you the praise. And we'll give all the glory to thee. We'll tell others. We'll go to our homes testifying. Some here dying with cancer. Some here that can't see to get around. Others can't walk. Oh, they're in all kinds of conditions, Lord. But thou art here to make every crooked path straight. You're here to take all the disaster out and put glory in. 
Lord, they're emptying themselves and I'm emptying myself. Fill us, Lord, with the Holy Ghost. Fill us with your blessing that this will be a new day. May you step into the fiery furnace just at this time. Fan all the waves away from your children and deliver them safely. Grant it, Lord. Through your preparation of Jesus Christ at Calvary, we ask it in his name. Amen. The great Lord now is the This is a great moment of my life. This is a great time for me. I just feel as confident and as assured in my heart that God's going to heal people this morning as I'm standing right here at this platform. I just believe it. It just makes me feel really, I, t- I think it's already done. But the only thing I just go to lay hands on because he said do so. Just like water baptism or anything else. I Here's what gives me confidence. I come with this type of confidence for you. See? I know that he sent me to do this. I, I, with my Bible over my heart, and if I n- would never live to go out the door there, I know he sent me to pray for his people. I know that. I can't heal his people. Oh, he's already done that. That's provided. But he sent me to pray for his people and encourage them to believe that. Now, let me show you whether it's right or not. Let's first take God's way of it. Let's look across the world at how many tens of thousands of crippled, blind, lame, halt, cancer-ridden, and everything has been healed. Now, that's first. After his word says he would do it, then here he comes and proves it. Next thing, there's people sitting right here that's been healed. That's next. And then let's look again. Right at the time of years ago, there's a few left here in the tabernacle, maybe this morning. Some of them don't come when we're going to have healing service because of the crowds pressing in like this. But look, right here, right here in Jeffersonville, to you outsiders, is where that light, that morning star appeared first. Right here it's happened to this platform many times. Right here, of course, the people thought it was fanatic. But the scientific world has took the picture of it and says it's the truth. Then I have told you the truth. Is that right? And now it's all over there. They took it in Germany here recently. You all seen the pictures of that? The big German camera. I want to see if they could take it. So they come set up a picture. When it comes down, they begin to roll this big thing here and take that picture. And there it showed it coming down from heaven. When the inspiration come on, showed who the man was standing there, told him about what he was and what had happened, how he was leading a bunch of communists and so forth, and said, you're not a German anyhow. You're an Italian. And they, that German there, taking this picture like this and snapping and turning this roller camera, snapped it like that. And here it come out, showing it coming down, showing what it was on anointing and showing it moving away and going out of the building. That's right. Proof. It's the truth. See? What's it for? It's for you. 
for you. Now think down in the animal world, how God will do in the simplicity. Could you imagine? Someone, a lot of people laugh at that. Christians don't. But do you know God knows every little sparrow there is? You know, he's got every feather and their wing numbered. He knows all about it. He said not one of them could fall to the earth without Father knowing about it. He knows where every little animal is. He knows every little part about you. He knows all about it. And by doing that, you see, and ensuring me, and the cap of it all come the other night when he showed me standing there by the side of this lake. I'll never forget it. You'll see it in the papers. I'll get them here for you. You'll see it out in the Voice of Healing and the other magazine. How I seen that for that once pull. And he said, that's when you knew the diseases of the people when they by their hands. And then his second pull said, why did you pull it so hard? Why did you try to explain all of that? They see, you just caught a fish, but it was small. He said, now to cast your lure in for this time. He said, set your hook. I seen that light going moving out like that. I said, I'll meet you. Oh, <laughs> I know it. I just know it. Well, I have more than I know. I'm, I, I know it. I'm alive. Stand this pulpit this morning. I know it. Just get your faith away from up here now and put it down here. Say, dear God, I come knowing it too. I come knowing it. I'm coming to you and I'm going to be healed this morning. As a man, I can pray for you. You say, does prayer do any? Well, well prayer helps. Certainly, that's what we're supposed to do. The prayer, prayer changes things. Prayer of faith saves the sick. Is that right? Some are set in the church to pray for the sick. Some are set in the church to prophesy. Some are set in the church to preach. Some to teach. Is that right? Certainly. We're set for these things. Therefore, I knew that I was brought into the world to pray for sick. I couldn't pray for all God's sick children when I started out back then when everything was dead a few years ago. But God raised from the ministry Oral Roberts and all the hundreds of others. All around, went into Africa. There, there, having a big revival. Went into the other countries. There, there, having a big revival. God's man everywhere, working together, not against one another, all together for one big unit, for the glory of God, trying to make his children well. And to show them the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ according to his word, his promises. They used to try to attack us and debate with us, the preachers that didn't believe in divine healing. You don't hear much about it no more, do you? That's right. Just exposed them and showed how much they know about the scripture, and then God just come around and confirmed the work with signs following, and that just settles it. Now, how many is here today out of town people that's out of the state somewhere wants to be prayed for? Would you raise your hand? Let's let them come first. The folks out of state, then the folks that out of town, and then the, uh, the folks next is from here at home. Now, the out of state folks. Come first to the altar. We haven't got much room here, but I believe if you'd just kind of like this brother here, kind of line up right like that, they're out of state. And then we'll try to get those. And then we'll, next we'll, we'll get the out of, out of town. And then the next is the folks in the city. Just line up for prayer. Now, There's many standing. Some of you, of course, are coming perhaps maybe to see.
See what our Lord will do. Watch and see what He does. We don't fear Him. We know what He's going to do. He's going to make that Word real as it can be. Yes, sir. You'll see what He'll do. He'll heal the sick and the afflicted. He'll make them well through His power and through His glory. Now I'm going to ask you if you'll do something for me. The first thing I want every one of you with full assurance faith that believes that God will heal these sick people along this line. Now they're out of state. They don't belong in Indiana. They're from some other state. We're happy to have them here this morning, their faith in God. Now, how many of you believe that God's going to make them, your people in state now, believe that God's going to make them well? Raise up your hand and say, I believe it. Believe it with all of our hearts. Now, we're here to help you, dear friends. All right. I want you, dear people here that from out, uh, from out of state to believe this now. I want you to believe with all your heart that, I, that Jesus Christ is God's preparation for your healing. That God brought Jesus to the world for your healing. Now remember, there's nothing within me that I could do to heal you, but the only thing I'm doing, I'm following the command that God gave me to do it. And no, you've heard the meetings of how just everything's taken place. Of course, He'll do that. He'll do it this morning for you, and you can go back to your own beloved state just rejoicing and telling people what good things God has done. Now, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak. Them things are just in God's power to do it. Now, I want you all to believe with all your heart. Now, the only thing I'm to do, I'm to pray and lay hands on you, praying the prayer of faith. And you must accept it on that basis of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. And God will do the rest of it. You believe it now with all your heart? You're ready to receive it. Believe it down in your heart. The Word first is in your heart to do it. All right? I want everybody to be real wise or just kind of hum whatever you want to while we pray congregationally then one by one and Brother Neville will anoint them with oil as it comes to me to be prayed for. All right. Now let's bow our heads everywhere. In every few minutes, we'll have you raise your hand. Now, our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee this morning for Jesus. And here stands in this line here this morning, different ailments. Thou knowest what they are. I don't. But the best of my knowledge, Lord, I've tried to tell them that Thou hast provided their healing already. Some of them may be just a few days from death. But, Father, prayer changes things. Yes. Hezekiah prayed after God. You sent your prophet up there and told him he's going to die. But he prayed, and you spared his life. Amen. Now, Lord, I'm praying with all my heart for these people that you will spare their life for one purpose, Lord, for your glory, that they'll tell others, and others might tell others, the day of the Lord is at hand, and we must hurry. And we know this gospel must be preached everywhere. And help us today now. And anoint your servants here. Anoint this building freshly and deeply now. May that great angel of God move in now with great power. Thank you, Jesus. Move down along the lines, unseen, yet know that he's here. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray that you'll heal everyone through Jesus Christ's name. Now, with your heads bowed, everyone, slowly now. 
only believe real slowly while we, uh, Brother Neville anoints the sick and they bring him to me.
Keep your heads bowed. Listen to this man. I love Jesus. I love Jesus. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. I'll preach the gospel. I'll preach the gospel. No stammering at all. He's healed. God bless you, brothers. Go on your road now rejoicing. Now let's raise your heads and give God praise. Say thank you, Lord Jesus. There goes a man into the ministry to preach the gospel. That was once the stutter. What did Moses say? I'm a man of slow speech. I have stammering of lips and so forth. God said, who made the lips of man? Do you believe now? Have faith now. Will you bow your heads again for another person? Everybody in prayer. Now be reverent. Now the lady has a trouble in her side, and she's come from Hamilton, Ohio, and she's extremely nervous. There might not be nothing happening, as you could see, but God will do it just the same. Pains will leave her, I believe, if you will, with me. Our dear Heavenly Father, realizing that here somewhere present stands the Lord Jesus. Amen. And our sister's come a long ways down here to be prayed for. She's got trouble in her side, nervous. But you, Lord, who raised up Jesus and made the preparation, and back years ago as a little old boy standing up here on the tree, he said, don't you never smoke or drink or defile your body. There'll be a word for you do when you get older. Here it is. You confirmed it by an angel of light. You sent animals in to be prayed for. You swept around the world with a revival as you promised down the river that you'd do it. And here this woman stands today to be delivered. And Father, through the precious blood of Jesus, through the preaching of the Word, I lay hands upon Sister and deliver her according to God's Word and her faith. I condemn this thing that's bothering her. This old shadow of darkness is making her nervous. I cast it away from her in the name of the Lord Jesus. Taking the initiative. Satan, you can't hold her no longer. She's come a long way. She's going back without you. Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Prayer of faith shall save the sick. You said so, God. We cast the enemy away now. Hallelujah. Leave the blood of the righteous Lord Jesus between her and the enemy. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Appreciate it now. It could be nothing outward. Thank you, Jesus. But you you feel that you're healed, don't you? The pains are not in Amen. It's gone. You feel calm and well. Not just right here. Here's the lady. You may raise your head from Ohio with that trouble in her side. 
She says, all pains are gone, her nerves are quiet, just the same as the man. Is that right, sister? That's right. Now you're going home to be well. Jesus, the Son of God, who shares the Son, has made you well. Be a gallant servant for him. God bless you. you. Now let's say, praise the Lord. What is that for you suffering like that? All right. Now, shall we bow our heads again just for a word of prayer? Doctors, they've done all they know how to do. Her face twitching, nerves, something went wrong. The doctor's trying to find, but they can't find why that nerve won't operate right. And in that, she's sick all over. Truly, Lord, isn't that the way of the world today? But knowing that she stands here, Helpless in your presence, then as your servant I bring her to you with all the faith that I know how. And knowing that if Satan has broken that nerve, it's an unseen something that the doctors can't find, causing that nerve to twitch your eye and face. But thou can make it leave, Lord, for you are Jehovah God. You're the one that provided the sacrifice to Calvary, and we accept it now. So, thou Spirit, you who twitches her face, you who tormented her body, we come in the name of Jesus, fresh from Calvary, from the Word. And we condemn thee. We claim that you can't stay any longer. The woman's tried with the doctors, and they've done all they know how to do. But you've hid from the doctors. But you can't hide from God. Amen. He knows who you are. So as his servant and his representative, I say for you to leave my sister. Amen. Go out of her. God's word said if they lay hands on the sick, they'll get well. So you're defeated now in Calvary's atonement. Have your way. Get away from this woman in Jesus Christ's name. I liberate her from you by Jesus Christ's commission that we should lay hands on the sick and cast out evil spirits. And you're evil, and you have to leave her and she go home and be well. 
through Jesus Christ's name. Now, with your heads bowed just a little longer, now, Mrs. Kinzer, there would be nothing exactly, only just your face to stop the jerking since we prayed down the side. But I believe with all my heart that you're all right. You're well. Amen. Uh, it was this side right here, I'm on inside your face. Now, would you come here? Where are you from now? Boston, Kentucky. Would you raise your head? The lady on this side of her face had something from her throat down your cushion, jumping up and down, a nerve. What is that? It's just like the Bible said, the death spirit went out of a man. The doctor couldn't find it because it was an uh, operation of a nerve. The nerve's still there, but there's something in that nerve making it jump and go on. The doctors couldn't find that, of course, because she's been to 13 different doctors, and now Jesus Christ has stopped it, and there she is before you, and she'll get well. She'll be all right now. God bless you, Sister Kim. God bless you. This happens to be her birthday instead of the happiest she ever had. Look at her as she goes down. Isn't that marvelous? Let's say thanks be to God. Thanks, thanks be, be to God. God. Now, we love our dear Lord Jesus with all of our heart. Here at the tabernacle, we've learned to love him and trust him for everything that we have need of. Now, thank you for keeping your head bound. And now, they'll bring the next patient while you bow your head and be in prayer. It's your prayers, too. This sister comes all the way from Ohio. Her trouble is her ears are they burst and run and it's causing her a lot of trouble. And we believe that Jesus can defeat this or has already defeated. And we're coming now to claim her victory in Calvary. Amen. Now our kind heavenly Father, we bring to you our beloved sister who's come all the way from Ohio here today to be healed. And with all my heart and long prayers to the night, I've asked you, Lord, to do these things. And I know that it's easy to ask you when you said you would do it. Amen. And I, I'm just so thankful that you've done it. And now we bring her to you in the light of Calvary Amen. Cross, or Jesus standing there, that made the, the atonement, how you swung between the heavens and earth, reconciling the heavenly to the earthly by the shedding of your own blood. How that you lifted up from the earth. You died in midair. And there the blood dripped upon the earth. The stained old Calvary's cross. There's where you spoil principalities. There's where you robbed Satan of everything that he had. You tuck back and give to the children of God their right belongings. There's where you give us eternal life. There's where you give us the promise of the resurrection. Oh, Heavenly Father, that paid the price. And today you paid for her healing in our standard servants, along with these other hundreds of servants in this building. And we condemn this devil 
that's tormenting our sister and say to the righteousness of Christ, Amen. to his command at Calvary, we cast you away from our sister and send her to her home. Amen. I know how. For these never to bore up there and burst out again. That Amen. you may make completely whole through Jesus Christ, the Son of God, we ask it. Amen. Amen. Now, sister, of course, just to show anything, you couldn't do it. But you believe it, don't you? You believe it. I want you to walk over here. Now, to you, you may raise your head. Our sister here couldn't show anything because it wasn't running at the time. Her ears. But we have this morning the assurance in my heart and in her heart, and I'm sure in your heart, Amen. that God has healed our sister. Amen. Do you believe it? Praise Amen. the Lord. And it will be a testimony. And God bless you, sir. Amen. Amen. Thanks be to God. Now, shall we bow our heads again while we pray for someone else? Amen. Well, sister, I see you on your crutch, so... I know that much is that. Now, shall we pray? Bow your head just a moment while I talk with the sister. Now, what is your trouble? Um, yes, ma'am. And uh, this is at Saturday, is that right? And you are a Christian. And you believe now that you've come to the Lord Jesus. Now, our sister has bad ankles. She's walking on a, 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 a crutch support. And she has high blood pressure and, and many things wrong with her. We're taking her to Jesus at this time for her healing. You be in prayer now that your prayer may go through for her. Now, our dear Heavenly Father, our beloved sister stands here, yet a young woman. But Satan would give her a stroke if he could. He'll lay her up down on the bed of affliction. He'll cut her out of commission if he can. For he don't want her testimony. Why does this happen to this Christian? Why, we would question, are those who would not understand. But, Father, we know that it was for your glory. Amen. It was said one time, who sinned, this boy or his mother or his father? You said, neither, but that the works of God might be made manifest. Amen. We believe that for our sister this morning. We believe that's the reason her ankles got in that condition. We believe that's the reason the high blood pressure struck her, so that you could show her your love and kindness to her, that you could prove to her that you're Jehovah who heals our disease. God, we pray that this blood pressure will drop in such a way Amen. so the doctors say, what happened to you? And to the doctors, she'll say, Jesus, heal me. We pray, God, that you'll make her to walk on these ankles without this Amen. That she'll be able to walk and to live and, and to be like she wants to be. And Father, the word has went forth, yet in its simplicity and chopped up way, but it sure has taken heart and a place in the hearts of Amen. Christians. And now she stands here. She's waiting for her healing. Thou just never lose a person. Amen. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you will heal our sister and will make her well. And now, as your servant, as one who believes in you, along with these other servants of yours that's bowed in prayer, we bring our sister up to Calvary. Yonder hangs the Lord Jesus. Amen. Oh, how wonderful. Standing yonder, 
the earth beneath him, the heavens above him, reconciling God and man together. And we come in his name. And what's keeping this woman from being a complete delivered servant is the devil. And there, Jesus, you stripped him. And you took every legal right ahead away from him. And today he's only a breath and we won't Amen. receive it. We won't receive it because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, give us the claim that he told us we could do it. And we believe it. And we take back that which he's trying to rob our sister. We give her her help. We take this weakness from her ankles. We take this blood pressure back to its normal condition and rebuke the devil who's done it. In the name of Jesus Christ, in the light of Calvary's sacrifice, come out from her, Satan. You're evil, and you can't hold her no longer. And thou, Lord, who gave the vision the other night and said these things would be, thou art true and cannot fail. And I ask now for our sister's deliverance through Jesus Christ's name, who shall receive all praise and glory. Amen. Your heads bowed, everyone. Not necessarily outwardly. Uh, only thing I can say that your face, which is real red and flashy when you come up, has gone down. I don't know where you feel. You feel calm and cool. And now let's see your crutch here just a minute. I don't believe you're going to have to have it anymore. Just walk around here without it. Now, that's fine. Now I want you all to look. The lady who was. All flushed up in her face. She feels calm. Look how look how you see her face, how red she looks. And here she and she feels normally that God has healed her and made her well. And her crutch, she won't need that no more. No matter where she's at, go ahead on down, sister. Just just take things and pat them off. Just hang up your house for two. Let's say praise the Lord. All right, shall we bow our heads again now for prayer? All right, would you bring the sister and watch your trouble, sister? Oh. Where are you from? This sister has arthritis and some inward troubles. It's very bad. And I don't know what will ever happen if God doesn't make her well. She'll probably have to have surgery, and that's very dangerous at the time. So we pray that God will be merciful and heal her. Our kind Heavenly Father, we bring to thee today our beloved sister come all the way from Madisonville, Kentucky, down here to be prayed for. And thou art the healer divine. And I bring her into your omnipotent, into your great presence, your power and your presence, to rebuke this old arthritis that would put calcium deposit across these bones of her fingers, that would calcium deposit these ankles and knees. There she lay stretched out on the bed, someone feeding her through a tube. Oh, you evil spirit. You would cause her life to be tough from this other infirmity. But we bring her today to Jesus Christ. Amen. And oh God, to boost my own faith for her now, knowing that the prayer of faith is being prayed. I condemn the devil. 
Amen. Cast him away from her. Thank you. Through Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Amen. Free her from arthritis and all these other diseases. That she can go home and be well. And give testimony all through that country of the glory of God. Satan, your glory. And Jesus Christ, And be well through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Sister, dear, there may not be nothing that the people could see, but I believe that you're here. Where's your feet to see if you feel better from your arm or You feel fine now? Now you all can see how she's moving her feet and everything. Walk out on down the just like a little young lady. And she don't even, you don't. We just praise the Lord Jesus for all his goodness and mercy. Now be reverent, everyone, as we pray. And now... Just a little bit, as soon as we pray for this baby, then we'll give a little recess, and you can go just take us about three minutes now, then we have a little recess, and we'll start with some more people. All right. Everyone just real reverent now. All right. Is it the baby that wants to be prayed for? Do you want to be prayed for? Brother Wilson, I'm glad you get to shake your hand, and your baby is Oh, yes, I see. It's a, the one that has something like a convulsion. I see Smash's little face up there. Well, then, sister, will you believe in you, Brother Wilson, today that Jesus will take this away from your baby and, and let it get well? Now, the little baby standing here has something wrong. It has convulsions that it falls in its little face. Its little eyes are bruised and black and so forth. And the Father wants healing, too. Now, we pray that God will take this curse off that little baby. Now, audience, do you believe that our kind Heavenly Father, in His mercy, that will let this little baby get well, not have these convulsions, that they'll leave it? Do you believe that we ask our Heavenly Father He'll do it? All right, let us pray. And Brother Wilson, what is your trouble? I forgot. Hey. All right, now let's all be real reverent. Now, kind Heavenly Father, we bring to these first, as first come in the world, the father of the baby. And evil things have happened to him. The devil has conquered him in many great times. But today we are bringing him in the presence of Jesus Christ by the way of prayer. We're bringing him to Calvary. Where there were Jesus died that he might have fully five senses. Amen. And we pray, God, that you'll be merciful to him. That we believe that these things that we do is according to your word. You said, in my name, they shall cast out the evil spirit. We believe that. Those times, people told me a certain thing to do and some, something to say. And I never could remember what it was he said when I woke up. You remember that. The other night in a vision, when he spoke to me, and these things wasn't to be done in public, it's to be done in private. And Brother Cox, which is standing close, we suggested maybe it be best to let the people come around this way, to let me have one individual at a time in a, in a prayer room here for this to be done. Last Sunday, when I was here, I joined this first in the tabernacle. I got everybody with their head bowed so I could walk down there to this woman that was crippled up laying on this stretcher. 
and she was completely delivered. And this morning I said, God, if you just help me a while, so the crowd gets restless, well, help me, that maybe if I can keep the people with their heads bowed so they won't see it done. See, everybody, and when I put, begin to put my hands on people, and everybody begin to get, oh, I feel it in my Amen. hands, see, like that. And when it comes that everybody begin to see how it becomes, which it was absolutely carnal impersonation. That's exactly right. The same Holy Ghost that told me to do it said it was. So I know it was wrong. So that's what he told me the other night. He said, you cause a lot of carnal impersonations to rise. And to do that, said, now let no one ever see this. And that's what I've been doing this morning, just so that you all would know. Amen. But see, now that I've told you the truth, and you just watch now what the Lord is going to do in these revivals that's coming. Amen. It's going to be exceedingly abundantly above anything that's ever been done yet. You just see now. Remember, I'm not a false prophet. I tell the truth. God Amen. And see if it is going to be greater than it ever has been at any time. Now, you dear people, there's many of you lined up here to be prayed for. It's getting late. Uh, and, and I, I know you want to be prayed for, and I want to pray for you. The lady's got a little girl standing here, and a mother holding a little baby, and, and all. And we want them prayed for. We want them delivered, don't we? We want them to be made well. Each one, these little boys knelt down here, and all back in there, and people, and people here with cancer, and bad shape, and going to die. Now, don't we believe that Jesus is here now? Don't we believe that He's here? And we believe with all of our heart that He's going to make every one of us well. Don't you believe that? He loves us all. God's no respect the person. He's going to heal the little girl, isn't he? The sister there with the... He's, going, he's already started. Already started. Bless your heart. Where are you from, sister? Crestwood. Crestwood, Kansas. I've been here pray for her one night, and she's been recovering ever since. Oh, let's say praise the Lord. Brother Neville, come pray. This little girl... Well, I'm my buddy here, Brother Woods, is from Crestwood. And his, you know him, Brother Woods, do you? Uh-huh. He's a contractor out there. Yes. And the little baby here, where's it from, sister? Gary, Indiana. And you believe it? Go go back to Gary and get well, don't you? Sure you do. All right. Where's the little boys from? Austin, Indiana. You believe they're going back and be well today, too, don't you? Sure we do. Is that little baby to be prayed for, sister? Where are you from? Indiana. Where? New Albany. You believe the little babies go get well? Sure. And you believe all these other peoples go get well around here, everyone? Amen. Now let's bind ourselves together and say, Jesus Christ, you live and reign. Oh, think of the supremacy of the Lord Jesus who could make that total blind baby's eyes be open. Who could make that stammering man stand here and talk boldly and normally. Who could make these other things to happen? God is God, isn't he? That's the minor things to what he's going to do. He's just going to do great, great things and just keep doing them until he comes. That's right. Now, I'll tell you the attitude to get into. Get into the attitude of this. Jesus, you're here. I'm now accepting the healing. I believe it with all my heart. And now it's finished. And in your heart, it's like you come to him to get saved. You say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my all. There's nothing more I can do. Here's my heart. Here's my life. I give myself to thee. That's all that can be done. And say, I believe, Lord Jesus. And all at once something down here says, yes, you believe. Amen. Yes, you believe. How long has your baby been sick, brother? Since it was born. Since it was born. What's his trouble? Retarded. Retarded. Look, you know the devil done that. That's right. The devil did that. God can make that little baby well again. (laughs) Just think, I have seen dozens of those cases. That's perfectly normal and well now. And I want, I know, I got a little baby too. And I know how you feel. And just be of a good, both of you Christians? Neither one of you Christians? 
Will you give your lives to Jesus this morning, standing there, and promise to live for him if God will let your little baby get well and be normal? You will, will you, brother? You will. You will, will you, sister? God bless you. You now become Christians when you accept the Lord Jesus as your Savior. Now, we accept him as healer for the baby. Now, Heavenly Father, by laying hands upon this blessed little child, that two newborn children have just come, father and mother, and had to take this baby to bring them to eternal life. Thank you. Maybe if it hadn't been for the baby being this way, they'd have been lost. Thank you. But the baby has become a temporary or minor savior to them to bring them to the Lord Jesus for their salvation. We thank you, Father. And now bless them. They are your children. They accept you. You said in your word, He that heareth my words and believeth on him that sent me has everlasting life and shall never Amen. come into condemnation. Looking over this young couple here and seeing that light hanging over them as it started to go at the end of the line. Amen. And seeing that light hanging over this young couple, I thought it good to speak to them, Father. Not the audience here, but you alone. And now what was it? It was you pulling at their hearts at that very crucial moment. Amen. Oh, God, we are so thankful they are Christians. We bless their baby. In Amen. Jesus Christ's name, we come as God said, or Jesus said in his word, ask the Father whatever you will in my name. Yes, and so we ask the Father in the name of Jesus Christ, his son, that he'll bless this Amen. baby and may the defense of change this baby in the next 24 hours and the father and mother will be Amen. and know what has happened. To know that their newfound Lord Jesus is healing their baby. Grant it, Lord. I rebuke the works of the devil. Amen. The sins are confessed, the father and mother are Christians. Now, Satan, you have no more right. It's all over. So we defeat you through the blood of Jesus Christ who bid us to do so. And we cast you away from this child. Amen. And now I may start growing and developing and, and getting uh, normal and well and make a fine young child that will make the father and mother proud. Amen. In Jesus' name we do this blessing. Amen. Amen. You're a Christian now, both of you in Christ. What's the difference of your baby? And where are you live now? Gary. Gary, and right here, call me in the, in the next four or five days and see what a difference you see in your baby. Then. Let us thank God for this wonderful work. I started to go down here at the end of the line and start praying. I kept noticing it. The anointing is here greatly just now. I used to notice the people and so forth. But I'm kind of making that secondarily. Cast it to one side till I have to, like on the lady a while ago. But I see it hanging over that crumb, and I kept wondering where it was at. And I thought, that's where it was at, right those people there. So now, we're going to pray for every person. Every one of you is going to get prayed for. As long as God let me live. And we're going to start and pray so we can kind of move out. We're getting here at the end of the line. Brother Fleeman, if you got the fix there so we can get through. Now go down there and pray for each and every one. And I want you to come through rejoicing and thanking God for your healing. To the people near, watch Brother Neville's broadcast next Saturday about uh, about uh, for the next Sunday service. If I get back in time for next Sunday.